This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News, Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Well, happy hump day. We're halfway through the week. Let's get to Alabama news. Alabama is joining the state of Florida along with 18 other states in suing the federal government. Florida is spearheading the lawsuit to remove mask requirements on planes, trains, and other public transportation. The lawsuit was filed this week in a federal court in Florida. The lawsuit argues that the Center for Disease Control is overextending its authority when it comes to issuing the mask mandate. Recently, the CDC extended their mask mandate to April 18th. The Florida State Attorney General is seeking an immediate injunction on that mask mandate. A total of 20 states are joining in this demand. One of the candidates who is running to be Alabama's next Secretary of State is calling for certain action from state lawmakers in the legislative session when it comes to the election process. Ed Packard is asking for the Alabama House to pass legislation that prohibits the use of modems or other electronic devices in any voting equipment. Packard worked within the Secretary of State's office but has since retired from that position. He is now supporting Senate Bill 46, which is sponsored by State Senator Clyde Chambliss. Packard says there is no specific prohibition under current law that would keep companies from installing a modem or device within a voting machine or a tabulating machine that would ultimately connect to the Internet. This bill puts a ban on any technology that could potentially allow for remote connection to the Internet by those tabulating machines or voting machines. Packard said this bill is another strong step to prevent any type of election hacking or manipulation. The Cleburne County Sheriff is now reporting the largest drug seizure in the history of that county. It all started with an attempted traffic stop this past Monday along Interstate 20. A minivan was moving at speeds of over 100 miles per hour when the police tried to pull it over. The vehicle did pull over temporarily and then took off once the law enforcement officer got out of his patrol car. A chase then ensued. Authorities ended up laying down spike strips in order to stop the van. Authorities then found 240 pounds of marijuana in the back of the vehicle. 22-year-old Deshaun Cunningham was arrested and has been placed in the Cleburne County Jail. Ballot counting is underway for the second vote at an Amazon warehouse in Bessemer. The previous vote in April of last year resulted in a decision for the workers to not unionize. The votes at that time were 1,798 to 738. The Amazon warehouse in Bessemer has about 5,800 workers. The retail, wholesale, and department store union immediately challenged the election results, with the National Labor Relations Board weighing in and ordering another election to take place, this time through mail-in ballots rather than drop boxes that are placed on the Amazon campus. Over 6,000 ballots were mailed out to the Amazon employees this past February. The deadline to return the ballots was sometime in March. The counting process has now begun, and the National Labor Relations Board says it could take weeks to complete. The county commission in Mobile has approved a $15 million investment for a new downtown airport. This includes expanding roads around the airport and projects involving the terminal. Mobile Airport Authority President Chris Curry told WALA News that the total number of investments for the project stands at $2,007 million out of $252 million needed. Curry says the airport authority plans to get the remaining $45 million through state and federal grants. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, Go to 1819news.com. And in national news, the comments that were made by President Joe Biden while he was visiting in Europe 
are just not being dismissed very easily these days. A Fox News reporter, Peter Ducey, questioned the president about the three things he said in public while in Poland. Uh, it sounded like he told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like he said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon. And it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia. And we know none of the three occurred. None of the three. Occurred. None of the three. Biden responded by attacking Ducey for his interpretation of those comments. You interpret the language that way. I was talking to the troops. We we're talking about helping train the troops in that are the, the Ukrainian troops that are in Poland. So when you said you're going to see when you're there, you were not intending. To I was say referring to with meeting with and talking with the uh, Ukrainian troops that were in Poland. And when you said a chemical weapon use by Russia would trigger a response in kind. It will trigger a significant response. What does that mean? I'm not going to tell you. Why would I tell you? You've got to be silly. The world wants to know? The world wants to know a lot of things. I'm not telling them what the response would be. Then, then Russia knows the response. Now the Republican National Committee has compiled those original comments by Biden into a video montage along with members of his administration going out in public to correct the record because they interpreted those statements the same way that Peter Ducey did. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. The White House trying to make clear in the aftermath, or making very clear in the aftermath, he was not, in fact, calling for regime change. And you're going to see when you're there, some of you have been there, you're going to see, you're going to see women, young people, standing stand in the middle of front of a damn tank. White House officials are telling us that President Biden does not intend to send U.S. troops into Ukraine. If chemical weapons were used in Ukraine, would that trigger a military response from NATO? It would trigger a response in kind. The United States has no intention of using chemical weapons, period, under any circumstance. There are going to be bombshell reports delivered on the Senate floor in the next few days if two senators have their way. Senators Chuck Grassley of Iowa and Ron Johnson of Wisconsin revealed this week that they plan to show the Senate and the American public all that they have found connecting Hunter Biden and the Biden family to foreign countries and foreign money. We'll make these presentations with two themes. First, we'll refute and we'll dismantle the talking points that the liberal media and our Democrat colleagues pushed onto the American people. Senator Johnson and I did what any good investigator would do. We gathered even more records to prove all these people wrong. Which brings me to the second theme. Senator Johnson and I will produce new records to show additional connections between the Biden family and the communist Chinese regime. Once we issued our September and November 2020 reports, which were based almost exclusively on U.S. source documents and interviews with U.S. citizens, the media largely ignored it. When they did write a story, they declared that our reports found nothing new, a classic media cover-up. I've always said the bias in the media has revealed far more in what they don't report than what they actually do report. But all the false attacks did not deter us. We have continued to uncover the truth, and fortunately, our reports also served as a catalyst for others to come forward 
and for more investigative journalists to keep digging. The American people deserve the truth. One of the new items that might be featured in these upcoming Senate revelations could very well be Hunter Biden's laptop that has been confirmed to be his and is now being featured in media reports as of late. Just this week, Florida Congressman Matt Gates brought it up while in a House Judiciary Committee meeting. That meeting was with Brian Vordren, who's the assistant director to the FBI Cybersecurity Department. I want to know where Hunter Biden's laptop is. Where is it? Sir, I don't know that answer. That is astonishing to me. Is, has, has FBI cyber assessed whether or not Hunter Biden's laptop could be a point of vulnerability, allowing America's enemies to hurt our country? Sir, the FBI cyber program is based off of what's codified in Title 18, or um, Title 18, Section 1030, a code which talks about computer intrusions, right, using nefarious intent. Network well, you've talked about passwords here. I mean, Hunter Biden's password on his laptop was Hunter02. He drops it off at a repair store. I'm holding the receipt from Max Computer Repair, where in December 2019, they turned over this laptop to the FBI. And what now you're telling me right here is that as the assistant director of FBI Cyber, you don't know where this is after it was turned over to you three years ago. Yes, sir. That's an accurate statement. After quite a bit of verbal exchange between Gates and Vordren, Gates then dropped his own bombshell revelation that had the committee and its chairman, Jerry Nadler, become speechless. You can't even sit here right now and say that you know that there's not a point of vulnerability. Maybe there are other crimes, maybe there are tax issues or whatever, but as it relates to our, I mean, is the first family sufficient cyber infrastructure to protect? You don't even know if they're compromised. Tell you what, Mr. Chairman, I seek unanimous consent to enter into the record of this committee the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop, which I'm in possession of. I'm not. Hmm? There's no objection to that. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is never speechless when it comes to conservative values in his state. DeSantis hit back hard at those protesting the Parental Rights in Education Act. That was a bill that was signed into law by DeSantis this week. The bill bans classroom discussions about sexual orientation and gender identity in kindergarten through third grades. These leftist politicians, corporate media outlets, some of these activist groups, they actually have read the bill. And they're sloganeering because they don't want to admit that they support a lot of the things that we're providing protections against. For example, they support sexualizing kids in kindergarten. They support injecting woke gender ideology into second grade classrooms. They support enabling schools to, quote, transition students to a, quote, different gender without the knowledge of the parent, much less without the parent's consent. And so what they're doing with these slogans and these narratives is they are trying to camouflage their true intentions. And I was, someone told me that there's even people in Hollywood that are, that are opposed, um, you know, to, to, to providing protections for parents and enforcing parents' rights. You know, the one thing I'll say about that is if the people who held up degenerates like Harvey Weinstein up as exemplars and as heroes and as all that. If those are the types of people that are opposing us on parents' rights, I wear that like a badge of honor. 
Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn says the people of her state are just fine with the questions that she asked of Supreme Court nominee Kentaji Brown-Jackson last week. Blackburn says her constituents actually wanted her and others to ask even more questions. They wanted her to answer tough questions about the Constitution. They wanted assurance that a Justice Jackson would protect their constitutional rights. They wanted her to account for her record of granting light sentences to dangerous criminals. Why did she choose to let some of them out of jail on compassionate release? I ask those questions and I commend all of my colleagues on the committee who dug in and did the same thing. Blackburn spoke on the Senate floor this week saying that the only people trying to avoid scrutiny of Jackson's judicial record are the Democrats and the mainstream media pushing out the Democrats' narrative. According to them, we were supposed to talk about what a historic moment it was and what a historic nominee Judge Jackson is. My Democratic colleagues on the Judiciary Committee spent most of their time focusing on the approved talking points memo, but those of us who didn't play along were punished in print. Blackburn also said she will not be voting in favor of Jackson's confirmation. Well, have you been recently hit up with the latest happenings from the Oscars this week, especially when actor Will Smith slapped Chris Rock across the face on stage? Now, YouGov poll has gone out and sought reaction from the average American on this supposedly unstaged event. Three out of five Americans say that it was an assault and that Will Smith was wrong to behave this way. The poll was of 1,319 adults. The majority of those polled had not actually watched the award show, but had heard about the event or saw the video clip. It all started when the host, Chris Rock, did a joke about Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, and her bald head. She has a bald head due to alopecia. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? (laughs) That was a a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh Uh-oh. Richard. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the s*** out of me. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I could, oh, okay. That was a greatest night in the history of television. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here's the kicker in all of this. Just days before that award ceremony, Jada Pinkett Smith posted this video to her TikTok channel. Being a black woman and dealing with hair in Hollywood, especially in the era that I came up in, having your hair look as European as possible was always the thing. And that was really challenging, you know, because I liked my hair out wild and curly, but nobody wanted that. So I always had to do my hair in ways that didn't feel natural to me because I'm trying to play the game. I had to learn to get the courage to just go, nah, I'm not doing that. Which is why I feel the freedom today. I don't give two craps what people feel about this bald head of mine because guess what? I love it. 
You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. You won't want to miss out on host Phil Williams on Right Side Radio as he also touches on the slap heard around the world. So let me just go ahead and grab line two, Lee from Huntsville. Lee, how are you doing today? I was going to say, I I also thought the whole thing was staged uh, because, you know, they had no ratings and this got everyone talking. But I will say this, Chris Rock is not that great an actor. And um, I felt like he had a very hard time recovering afterwards. He he uh, didn't say things right or correct, and he you know he made mistakes. I think he was genuinely thrown off. Not saying that it couldn't have been an acting job, but he's just not that good. <laughs> yeah, um, and 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 then the question is, is he that good of a comedian too? And Will Smith's always been one of my favorite actors. Um, but if that was a legit, if that was a legit tantrum, uh, he could have handled offline. I'm I'm. I'm pretty sure he just dropped a few notches uh, in my eyes. You can find that podcast at rightsideradio.org. If you're enjoying the daily detail, remember you can get those reports directly to your phone simply by subscribing on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 